Hello and welcome to the Forge Church Catch-Up Podcast. We're delighted that you've chosen to press play on this podcast today. My name is Johnny and I'm part of the teaching team here at the Forge. Each Sunday, our hope and prayer is to provide practical teaching directed by God that ties into everyday life. We hope that today's talk encourages you. Hey, I'm standing outside Forge HQ because the sun is out and so why would we want to be indoors? Now, if I was to ask you to name three superheroes, I am certain that 90% of the heroes mentioned would have something in common. They would be male superheroes, you know, Batman, Superman, um, uh, the Hulk, Captain America. You know, the 10% who might say at least one female superhero will probably be female themselves, or you're just a superhero geek trying to be clever. Now, the number of male superheroes far outweigh female uh, superheroes. And so it's good that at last movies are being made about Wonder Woman and the Black Widow. Why? Well, it's because girls need role models to see themselves as heroes, not just boys. And it was the same when it came to black superheroes. You know, uh, most superheroes are white, which is why the Black Panther was such an important film with every leading actor being black. You know, people need to see something of themselves in order to deeply identify with the characters. So today's character, Natasha Romanoff, aka the Black Widow, played by Scarlett Johansson, is an unlikely hero as she has a checkered past. You know, at a young age, Natasha was indoctrinated by the Red Room, which is a Russian training program that took young girls and turned them into lethal undercover agents. However, she eventually switched allegiances and began working for the good guys and became one of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s most deadly assassins and a frequent member of the Avengers. Now, the Black Widow has no superhuman powers like Spider-Man or the Hulk, but she demonstrates amazing levels of strength, agility and stamina. And so she's trained in karate, in judo, in kung fu and wrestling. And she can use various weapons, including the Widow's Bite, which are bracelets that discharge electricity. You know, she is an interesting character who strives to make up for the bad that she's done in the past by helping the world, even if that means getting her hands dirty in the process. Now, you can head to the cinema in November and watch the release of the new Black Widow movie. But today, I want to introduce you to another hero, a hero of faith who is the most unexpected of heroes. A hero who switches sides, abandons her checkered past and gives her loyalty to a kingdom that would look to bring about a better world. Uh, this hero has, is an important hero because she answers the question that many of us have around whether we're good enough for God, whether our past or our bad choices disqualifies us from being loved, accepted and used by God. You see, hope is found in the example of today's hero of faith and her name is Rahab. Now, let me give you a bit of context first. The Hebrew people have been slaves for 400 years in Egypt and through Moses, God has set them free and promised them a new home in Canaan. But they refuse to go into that land because they're frightened of the people there. And so they wander around in the wilderness for 40 years until every one of that old generation has died. And Joshua takes over the leadership from Moses when he dies and they prepare to go into the promised land. And here's where we meet our heroine for the first time. 
says this, then Joshua secretly sent out two spies from the Israelite camp at Arcasia Grove. Now that sounds a bit like a soap opera, doesn't it? Arcasia Grove. Anyway, he instructed them, scout out the land on the other side of the Jordan River, especially around Jericho. Now, Jericho was a large city that was built in a valley. It was the first city the Israelites would, in, would have encountered in entering the land. And like most cities of the day, it had this large wall surrounding it. And in order to protect those who lived inside. So the two men set out and came to the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there that night. And here's the first mention of our unlikely hero. Probably her only superpower was the power of seduction. And she lived on the edge of society, uh, providing both lodgings and sex at a price to travellers. And even her house was on the edge, built into the wall surrounding the city of Jericho. And in a way, it was the ideal place for these two spies to stay, as they could have been mistaken for Rahab's customers and, and they could gather information and, and have no questions asked in return. And they could make a quick exit if they needed to. But sadly, they'd been spotted. But someone told the king of Jericho, and some Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent orders to Rahab, bring out the men who have come into your house, for they have come here to spy our whole land. Now, suddenly her life is at risk here if she's caught helping spies. So what does she do? Well, Rahab has hidden the two men but she replies, yes, but the men were here earlier, but I don't know where they are, where they were from. They left the town at dusk as the gates were about to close, and I don't know where they went. If you hurry, you can probably catch up with them. Now, actually, she'd taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the bundles of flax she'd laid out. So here is this prostitute lying through her teeth and yet becoming a hero of faith. How does that happen? Because in my understanding, God doesn't uh, particularly endorse prostitution or lying at the best of times. But here's the thing, God has the reputation of including outsiders, the unexpected and the not good enough to play a significant part in the story of God. It's like he's continually saying, you didn't expect that, did you? So he takes Abraham, who was too old to have children, and he becomes the father of the Israelite nation. And God says, you didn't expect that, did you? And Moses, who was a murderer in Egypt and uh, who struggles to speak in public, and yet he's the one who leads Israel out of slavery. And God says, you didn't expect that. And then there are these spies who needed hiding. And there is a prostitute who does that. And, and she becomes the hero. And God says, you didn't expect that. And then I remember that God takes a farmer's son from a remote village in Suffolk with little education and lots of faults and he calls him to lead a church called The Forge where we've had the privilege of seeing people finding faith in Jesus. And God says, you didn't expect that, did you? And what he did for Abraham, Moses, Rahab, what he's done for me is what he can do for you too. No matter what your past has been, no matter how ungifted you feel that you are, God is the God of surprises and he wants to surprise you if you let him. Now, why does God choose to use Rahab? Because she acted on a small amount of faith that she had. You know, before the spies went to sleep that night, Rahab went up onto the roof to talk with them. I know the Lord has given you this land, she told them. We are all afraid of you. Everyone in the land is living in terror. 
For we've heard how the Lord made the dry path for you through the Red Sea when you left Egypt. I mean, blimey, that was 40 years ago and they're still talking about it. And we know what you did to the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River, uh, whose people you completely destroyed. No wonder, she says, our hearts have melted with fear. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things. For the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. Now, why did Rahab protect the spies and save them? Because she had come to believe in their God, despite knowing very little about him. She declared it right there. For the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. And she knew that belief without action is useless. It won't save you. Hence, she chose to hide the spies. In fact, James, the brother of Jesus, who wrote a letter that we find in the New Testament, makes exactly that point. He writes this. He says, you say that you have faith for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? And then he uses Rahab as an illustration or as as an example. Rahab the prostitute is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. And he goes on to say this, just as the body is dead without breath, so faith is dead without good works. Rahab acted on what she knew, even if what she knew was was so limited. Listen, If you have the smallest of faith to believe that God is real and that God has made himself known through Jesus, then you have all the faith you need to act on it and to start following Jesus' command to love others. You know, where you see a need, you can step in and help. That's faith in action. And church, when we encounter people whose lifestyle is not one that we like, or that we start making judgments on people based on their reputation and past, then can we please remind ourselves of Rahab? Because Rahab, the prostitute, was a hero of faith. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. You know, she made the list of heroes of faith in Hebrews. And how can God reward Rahab and save her? Well, she makes a deal with the spies. I've protected you and will help you to safety. And when you come back to take the city, will you be kind to me and protect me and my family? And the spies agreed and tell her to put a red cord in the window as a sign of protection. And she does that. And when Jericho was taken by the Israelites, Rahab and her family were saved and she took on the Hebrew culture as her own. Do you know what? She married a contemporary of Joshua uh, and had a son named Boaz, who had a great grandson called Jesse and a great, great grandson called David and was also a descendant of a man called Jesus. In Hebrew culture, to be included in a genealogy was incredibly special and important. And Jesus has a prostitute in his lineage. Now, Once again, God has the reputation of including the outsider, the unexpected, the not good enough to play a significant part in the story of God. And God accepts anyone who is willing to have faith in him. You know, it's our trust that God wants. And when he has it, our future, it takes on a completely different route, one full of God's promises, which means that wherever you find yourselves right now, whether you're married or divorced, whether you're single or in a relationship, whether you're gay or straight, guilty or innocent, struggling or strong, 
God loves you and his love can bring the change needed for you to find life in all its fullness. You know, the story of Rahab is full of surprises. You know, God didn't change her before he used her. He didn't. She was still a prostitute when those men came and she hid them, which means that God is willing to use anyone. And ever feel too bad to be used by God? Well, yeah, I do. And then we need to remember our hero, Rahab. Look, this doesn't excuse bad behaviour, but it helps me to see that the love of God is not the reward for change. It's the resource by which I am changed. In other words, God doesn't reserve his love for us until we've changed or are good enough. No, it's because of his love for us that brings the resources for us to change. Rahab is found in four different places in the Bible, once in the Old Testament, three times in the New Testament, and every time she's referred to as Rahab the prostitute. I mean, probably intentional actually, as her past somehow highlights and gives evidence of the amazing grace and the saving power of God. Now, I listened to uh, Stephen Furtick, uh, a pastor from the States, uh, give this illustration of a comment that his son once said. His son said this, Dad, I often hear people say that when they get to heaven, they want to see Jesus. Now, have you ever thought about how long the line is going to (laughs) be? I think they'd just been to Disneyland recently, so he'd been used to these queues for the ride. And he said, I wonder if you could get someone to hold your place in the line to see Jesus and then go and see some other um, characters of the Bible. And his dad said, that was a great thought. You know, long queues for Paul, long queues um, for Moses, and maybe a lesser queue for Jonah, because who would want to see Jonah? He was the most dysfunctional, discouraging prophet who preached his heart out to a city who, who turned to God and then he wanted to kill himself. Jewish legend says that Rahab was one of the most beautiful women who ever lived. So maybe you'd want to see for yourself when you get to heaven. You know, maybe you'd walk over to the front desk and there's Peter, he's got his iPad, and you say, hey, I'm in line to see Jesus, but there's a few million people there before me. So while I'm waiting, can I, um, um, can I, can I see Rahab the prostitute? (laughs) Peter repeating aloud, Rahab the prostitute, let me have a look. (laughs) Shh, it's embarrassing. And he searches and searches and then Peter looks up and he says, look, I'm sorry, we do have a Rahab here, but, but you said Rahab the prostitute, there's no one here by that name. Because up here, we don't call people by what they were and what they did and by what, by a name that they are labeled. No, up here, she doesn't go by that name. You see, Rahab is here, but make sure you call her by her new name. Up here, we call her Rahab the Righteous. Do you know what? I am so grateful that Jesus, through his death on the cross, has covered my past, that he's dealt with my wrongdoing and failure, and he's lifting my head as he calls me a child of God not fenning the liar or fenning the selfish, but by faith, we have to acknowledge that what God says about us is true. You know, so often we define ourselves or we, uh, let alone how others define us, by what I've done, by what I've, where I've failed or where I'm broken. And that definition holds us back from stepping out in faith, of being used by God. It stops us from being effective. Now, Natasha Romanoff, the black widow, is not remembered for where she came from, but for who she chose to become. And listen, you and I have a new name. I am called a child of God, loved, accepted and chosen by him. And if God says that he can use me, then I'm going to go with that. 
And if God says he can use you and include you in his story, then believe him and go for it. Because what God can do through you will astound you and excite you. Three Tuesdays ago, Kirsty, who is on our Alpha course, went for a walk after the Zoom call and she prayed and she became a Christian. And I was so excited um, to hear this news on holiday. And just this last week, Kirsty texted me these words after the Alpha evening. And she said this, something really resonated with me during tonight's Alpha. I think it suddenly clicked how loved I am and that I'm actually a child of God. Quite overwhelming. I love that. So come on the journey with us and discover what can happen when we live life with God and take on the name that he gives to us. You are a child of God. Let me pray. Father God, thank you that the Bible is so honest and that it doesn't hide people's failures and their past life. Thank you that you include the outsider, the unexpected, the not good enough to play a significant part in your story, just like you did with Rahab. And please would you give us the courage to believe that you can use us despite our brokenness and our failures. Thank you that when we come to you, when we trust in you, that you give us a new name, a new reputation, that we can live in the confidence that we are children of God and that you are faithful and that you will keep your promises. In Jesus' name, Amen. That's all for this week. Thanks once again for joining us. We'd love to keep the conversation going, so why not check out Forge Church UK on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram? Or go online at forgechurch.com where you can watch other content, find a next step, give financially or see any details of what's currently going on in and around the fort. We're looking forward to you joining us next time.